0: Podcast where we cover the television show Supernatural. I am your host, Dan, and with me, as always,
1: is Penny, his wife.
0: I don't know. I, 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 was, I felt like it was getting really routine halfway through that introduction, so I wanted to spice it up. What do you think?
1: Well, Harley's half asleep here, so she does not approve. <laughs>
0: yeah, so here's the dog report um, Harley tried to escape today. Do you want to talk about that real quick?
1: yes i was in the house and then i happened to step outside in the backyard and and the neighbors look across the fence and she's yelling at their dog to drop something don't eat that whatever and they look and there's harley kind of pulled board of the fence away and Nala's standing there supervising her and,
0: yeah we have this big wood fence and uh, over the 10 years it's been up it's shifted and one of the panels kind of popped open and a couple of years ago, when it first was open, I could only just pry it open barely with my fingers, like a half inch. And then, uh so I heard about this great escape attempt. And I go down there, I'm like, nah, this ain't a big problem. But then I grab it, and I could pull it out a foot. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, I don't know how this dog didn't get out.
1: Fortunately, yeah, it was a good thing I caught her when I did, because I got her and now in the house yeah. and just closed the back door then.
0: So I grabbed a crowbar. I went outside. I... uh Kind of cranked it all back into shape and uh, pounded a nail into it and called her good. So this great escape has been thwarted, Harley. Better luck next time. She went for a walk yesterday, and I was afraid that, you know, she had these wild dreams of running free in our neighborhood after she got a peek of it yesterday. So that was what I was afraid of. But then I'm glad to hear that it was the neighbor's dog that actually drew her attention.
1: I don't think she would have messed with the fence, and certainly Nala wouldn't mess with the fence. She, Nala doesn't mess with anything, but oh, back she, in
0: the day, though, if there if that dog knew about a weakness in our defenses, she would go out there and she would be resolute I, until. I mean, we have like huge, crazy chunks of fence. It looks like Afghanistan in our backyard. <laughs> Just we got piled up shingles and barbed wire and.
1: There were several attempts to escape, and so therefore, yes, we had to come up with several quick fixes on how to. Now she's peering into my soul, and it's making me uncomfortable. Yeah, she knows we're talking about her. So, yeah, when when she knows we're talking about her, she just does this thing where she's. keep me
0: trapped here. I never get to escape. Well, then, so Harley went for a walk. Then I took Nala for a walk, and she was all excited. And then I walked about 20 feet away from the house, and she statued on me. Are no. you glad you caught that moment in time?
1: It was hysterical because I aren't you watching? <laughs> she barely got past the uh, mailbox and there's an standing like screw this I'm going home. She was all excited thinking she's
0: going for a ride in a vehicle and uh, she loves her car rides. She loves a car ride and uh, when <laughs> we walked past the car, she knew it was going to be her tubby butt walking. <laughs> she's like, nah, I think I'm going to take a powder on this one, father. <laughs> what these dogs, brats. Okay, so today's episode, it is, we're season two, episode five, Simon said, and I'm not going to give any spoilers away right here, but I am going to say this has been one of my favorite episodes yet.
1: It is, because it's got, it's got tragedy, it's got comedy, it's got everything rolled in, and lots of cultural references for kids who were kids in the 70s. Yeah, lots of cultural
0: references, which I always enjoy. I'm a sucker for those jokes. The other thing, though, is I felt like this was a great one-off episode, like what they deal with. But then it's like it's an actual great episode that kind of gets the entire storyline to date and kind of focuses it in on the storyline as well. So it it felt like a three-layered dessert, you know. It was just like the perfect mash of of big arc story stuff and this great little story but then it was also kind of a bit of a side story which is now the main story and so it was topsy-turvy emotion and i loved it
1: it is one of what i really like too also too um i do have my absolute favorite episode that's going to be coming up in a few seasons and we'll discuss it when we get to it but we
0: gotta check our mics i think we got a mic dipping in and out oh no that, uh, what do you want me to do yeah, just a second here because i just saw that light off and then it popped
1: back on my light was off but i'm looking on the control board and every time i talk the light wiggles
0: <laughs> all right well hopefully yeah because we got a light here and it and everyone can off. see
1: exactly what you're pointing right. to is. I know what I'm you're pointing,
0: pointing to you, so you can I keep an eyeball on that oh, light. see,
1: yeah, it did it again, didn't it? Well, that's okay.
0: It, like, pulsated at me.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Well, coming. Oh. I think it's just the light.
0: Here, don't talk and see if it goes out. No? I don't know what it is. You think maybe just the light? It could be. Oh, Jesus. I hope this episode is in a train wreck with your voice going in and out. It suck. Okay, so... I'm going, I didn't take any notes though. And I, at first I was like, ah, there's a lot going on. I should have really taken notes. But then I'm like, after a bit, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I'm just taking this all in and not worrying about writing.
1: There's a lot to take in.
0: Yeah, there is a lot. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read from the uh, Supernatural Wiki. And then if you wouldn't mind fleshing that skeleton out for us, and then I'll add in my color. Does that sound like a plan? All right, sounds good. Okay, so let's start off from their synopsis. After Sam has a vision of a man committing suicide, he and Dean travel to Harvell's Roadhouse and seek help from Ash.
1: What it starts out with is there's this uh, um, older black man, and he's walking down the street, smelling people, gets a cell phone call, and then just has this weird, serious look on his face. He goes to the gun store. Says he wants to look at the guns, and the guy behind the car is like, "Yeah, right, doc." And now the doctor was serious. He wants to look at the guns, and he points to one, and then he says, "What kind of bullets does it shoot?" So the clerk pulls out the box of bullets, and all of a sudden the doctor starts loading the gun, and the dude's like, "Hey, it's illegal to load the gun in the store." Well, then. Uh, the man shoots the, the owner or the clerk or whomever is behind the counter and then takes the gun and shoots it himself. And that's when we realize that you know, it clashes to Sam and it's a vision that Sam is having.
0: Yep, that's actually, yeah, they're missing all of that uh, pre-plot there about this guy. Uh, the one thing that I couldn't help but point out was the guy was wearing massive legged pants. They were like Junkos. They were huge. And you asked me, well, maybe that was a style in 2005? I'm like, no, they were too big.
1: Well, but, I mean, yes, but, I mean, this wasn't the thinnest man. He was not, like, a 300, well.
0: (laughs) Do you think it was because it was a 300-pound guy that he had big-legged pants?
1: I think so, because if he would have been a trim svelte dude yeah
0: and they were like dress pants too so i think that yeah that is a you can get those in a baggy cut
1: right okay well i don't happen to wear men's dress pants they
0: were a bit big (laughs) so using a logo sam remembers from this flashback uh from the bus um in his vision ash helps him determine that the events in the vision took Place in Guthrie, and now so we're back at Harvell's. We just met these folks. What an episode, or two, episode or two ago? Yes, we did. Yeah, the, this is Ash, the weirdo guy with this funky computer with parts hanging out all over, who's making some sort of. Is he the one writing the software to detect where the weirdness is?
1: Yes. <coughs> Excuse me, I just had to cough. There a second. Yes, he is the one that he wrote the program so that if any of the um, other signs of this demon that Sam and Dean had given him the signs w- to look for pops up anywhere, then it's going to sound, you know, make it alert, yeah, Ash. Yeah, so
0: it's, it's like a news crawler, a, a news and uh, weather crawler. Right, exactly. Yeah, so that's who they go meet. I, I dig these people. Uh, Ash comes to the door naked, by the way. That's weird. With a flashing <laughs> light in the, his room, like, what was he doing in there? <laughs> and by the way, it, it, that's at work too this is why i get so confused that it's their house and not a roadhouse with like a bar but because like what's he doing in the back office make it he's just an ashes room so does he live there
1: i believe he does and perhaps ellen and joe live upstairs i don't know they never get into where ellen and joe live but i just assume that they all live on site i don't know
0: maybe that's how these roadhouses work people live on site.
1: I have no idea. There was
0: that one bar in Blue Mounds where the dude lived above it. And was that the, Harley Blue? No, no. It was outside of town where they had the bands.
1: Damn. Oh, you know, yeah, the one that sucked, the The, the bar that sucked. Kevin
0: would, Kevin would remember. But the <laughs> guy that lived upstairs, it was like, you know, Harry's Wood for, you know, and then it was a guy selling he also sold firewood because it was like a whole big farm. And so and I called over like, yeah, you deliver you deliver wood? He's like, Yeah, I can deliver wood. How much do you need? And I said, Oh about eight, nine inches.
1: Anyway. Back to the story. <laughs> So Sam was asking Ash if there was any signs that pointed to this demon, and yeah, <coughs> excuse me, started coughing in. Ash says no. So then Sam gets specific. He goes, "Okay, look in the area of about 22 years ago if there was a nursery f- if there was a fire in a nursery where a child was six months old." And sure enough, there was. So. Even though there were no signs of demon activity, Sam knows that his visions always have something in some manner, shape, or form to do with this demon. So they go on their merry way.
0: Yep. So they go and find this uh, Andy Gallagher who lost his mom in fire when he was six. Months old. uh, Months old. And has a very close history to Sam's uh, own uh, parallel Close parallel to Sam's own history. Jesus! Why did all those words jumble on the screen? Joe asks to accompany the boys. Uh, wants to be with Dean, obviously.
1: Yeah, she's got a little bit of a crush.
0: Yeah, but Dean's like, I'm afraid of your mom.
1: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. He's you- like,
0: no, you can't come with, girl.
1: <laughs> Which, yeah, what the hell? She's how old is she? Well, she's. I mean, she's definitely over twenty-one. I mean, she's working in a bar.
0: Yeah, but... I
1: mean, I would say she's about Sam's age, and by now... Okay.
0: So, I mean, that'd be fine, but yeah, doesn't want mom. It's afraid of her mom. Uh, once in Guthrie, Sam and Dean track down this Andy guy, and when they search for Andy's van, they find nothing that suggests he's a killer. Andy's van is amazing. It's a big, blue, 70s van with the round bubble window and then a painting of a barbarian woman riding the back of a polar bear. And he lives in there and he's got blankets and books.
1: Before all that happens, first let's start out that that's not the first thing they see when they get into town. When they get into town, they stop at a diner and are asking the locals about Andy. And they're talking to this waitress and she says, oh, you know, if you're looking for Andy, Andy, you're not gonna get what you want. And they're like, what are you talking about? Well, I assume you're a bill collector because they show up every once in a while and he talks to them and they never see him again. So Dean lays down the slide that no, they're actually attorneys and some aunt of Annie's died, big inheritance, and so that's why they want to talk with him. And then that's when they go out and, f- and she tells him, well, you're not going to be hard to find. Just look for the van with a barbarian queen on it. And that's when they find it.
0: Yeah, these synopsis are really scant on details, aren't they?
1: Yes, they are very this scant, is which is terrible. why you should always write your own notes so you can talk about what you oh. want to talk about.
0: Okay. Yeah, obviously this isn't working. Let's suffer through. <laughs> okay. Um, While well, Dean keeps an eye on uh, Andy, Sam follows a man that he saw in his vision. So he spotted the dude wearing the huge pants.
1: Well, first of all, they see Andy coming out of uh, looks like a house or something. Uh, buddy, don't eat the hey hey hey, don't eat the don't eat that. Buddy, knock it off. He's eating the uh, buddy's eating the blanket. Anyway, um, yeah, first he sees you know Andy leaving us, and he looks up and there's this really pretty blonde woman waving bye to Andy, and Andy walks up to the sky with a cup of coffee and talks to him for a second, and the guy just hands Andy his cup of coffee, and he Andy. Thank you, and goes on his merry little way. Yeah,
0: it's you can tell that this Andy guy, he's got like control over people Mm -hmm. because he's a schlub, and he picked up that perfect ten.
1: (laughs) Um, And they see Andy shake hands with this man, and the man goes on his way. So yes, Sam follows him, and Dean stays on Andy because at this point they don't know; they still think Andy somehow connected with the killings.
0: Sam manages to stop the events of his vision only for the man to die after walking in front of a bus.
1: Yeah, what Sam does is he goes into the gun store before this doctor could get in there and pulls the fire alarm. Um, So, yeah, the doctor can't go in there and shoot the the owner or clerk. But then um, the doctor gets another phone call, and that's when he says, yeah, okay. And then that's when he goes and walks in front of the bus. But while all this is happening and Dean is following Andy, Andy pulls his van over and gets out and starts talking to Dean about what a great car he has. And says, hey, can I have it? And Dean's like, oh yeah, sure, here you go. And gets out and Andy goes in and drives off. And we're like, what the hell, dude? So then Sam sees Andy driving by and he calls Dean. And he's like, Dean, Andy's got the car. And Dean's like, yeah, I know, he full on Obi-Wan me. I don't know what happened. Well then that's when the man steps in front of the bus because when Sam was distracted on the phone with Dean and he, then Sam was upset that he wasn't paying attention and didn't stop the man from walking in front of the bus.
0: Sam, however, is immune to Andy's power and starts interrogating him when he has another vision of a woman dousing herself in gas before setting herself on fire.
1: Okay, you know what? I think I'm just gonna go by my notes because you're getting so far ahead of the story. That was the next sentence. Yes, but first we go to Andy. He is at the diner talking to his friend Tracy, how he's upset about this Dr. Jennings killing himself. So you know that, or you think that, well, if he's upset, then perhaps he is not behind all this stuff. Sam and Dean find baby, and that's when they break into Andy's van, and I put the 70s exploded in it. And Dean doesn't think that Annie's the one doing the killing. Sam still thinks he does. Um, and then we cut to what? Sam and Dean were in, in the Impala? Because Dean, yes, yeah, Sam and Dean were in the Impala. Andy was kind of like, hey, what are you guys doing? And Dean just blurts everything out. We hunt demons and spirits and just keeps talking, and talking, talking. And Sam's like, Dean, shut up. Because that scene
0: was hilarious. It was
1: hilarious because Dean was just going on and on and on. And he would not shut up. <laughs> and yes, Dan was right. I had some, my
0: arms up in the air, like "Oh my God, is this really happening?" Because it's like the look on his face. I mean, it was like liar, liar. He's just
1: like, "No, I don't want
0: to be saying all this." It right, was you could, hilarious.
1: You could tell Dean did not want to spill his guts and tell the truth, but he had no yeah, choice. And Sam's just like, "What are you doing? Shut up!" So, therefore, yeah, so for some reason, Sam's to be seems to be immune because he tells Sam, "Just drive off and forget to ever met me." And Sam's like, "No," and gets out and. You know, Andy's like, "What's going on?" Because he doesn't understand why Sam isn't affected. Right. But he isn't, and that's when they're to- when they're talking to him. Um, Sam has a vision of a woman at a gas station pouring gas on herself and then setting herself on fire. And so they're like, "Okay,
0: want me to read the next sentence then?" Yes. Because that's where I'm up to now. Okay. While Sam talks to Andy, Dean follows the sound of police sirens and finds a woman has just died in the way Sam foresaw.
1: Yeah, so they figured out since Andy was talking with them at the time this happened and wasn't on the phone with anyone, obviously he wasn't the one behind these tragedies. Um, So now they're trying to figure out what in the heck, who is behind all this? And also, Dean was kind of like, dude, what's up with your visions? This one, you know, Harley gave us a heads up. We didn't get a chance to save this person. And Sam's like, I have no control over it. They happen when they happen.
0: All right. When they discover that it was Andy's adoptive mother who died when he was six months old, the boys search the birth records and discover Andy's birth mother was the woman who just set fire to herself and that he has a twin brother, Ansem.
1: And the reason that Dr. Jennings was dead was because he's the one that delivered Andy and the twins and um, was part of the adoption process. So he knew that there are twins even though Andy did not know he had a twin brother.
0: They are further surprised when it turns out that Ansem is actually a guy that Andy knows as Weber who has recently befriended him.
1: Yeah, it appears that he was... Yeah, and
0: this Weber guy is a nut. Well, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, the very opening thing, and when they first walk in, they're like, oh, we're looking for this guy, and he's like, oh, he's cool! <laughs> he, yeah. like, dorked out over him, like, what?
1: <laughs> well, it appears that the and uh, Ansem works at this diner with Tracy, who kind of, you um, know, I don't really get into it, it seems like Andy and Tracy kind of, like each other even though they're not technically boyfriend and girlfriend so that's for some reason then yeah ansem was um working at this coffee shop with tracy or dining with tracy
0: yeah that's they did they really explain that how they used to be friends no andy and uh what's her tracy and yeah yeah how did they used to be friends but they no longer are he just like moved downtown in his van and got weird was her explanation
1: well, she just said that, I think she just said that she doesn't see him that much anymore. Because so, yeah, he's got you know, so
0: much time on it. I, like, what's he doing besides hanging out downtown, getting free coffee, and have, <laughs> reading books in his van?
1: I don't know. what you That's do- all I saw
0: that that dude was doing in life, is bringing right. women, the, in and reading books.
1: And the funny thing is, Sam's like, I mean, why are you doing a living in his van? You could have anything you wanted, and and he's like, but I have everything I need right here. He was, like, cool with his life. He had his cool van, he had his books, he had his friends. He pretty much got whatever he wanted yeah. for free. So he's like, I got what I need. I don't need anything else.
0: Hey, man, rolling around and just having a van is cool. I'll tell you that much.
1: That is true. That is true. Especially it's, that pimped-out 70s style Oh, that,
0: yeah, something like that would be even more comfortable. But, like, even mine, that I when I drove around and I just had a cotton back, oh, it was beautiful. I could just drive, park, sleep.
1: I mean, and Andy's, yeah,
0: some telly, (laughs) drive some more. I mean, it was wonderful.
1: Yeah, the thing about Andy's van was so cool, and when I originally oh, put the seven, disco ball? the seven, yeah, the disco ball, and then the bead curtains, yeah, oh yeah, 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 <laughs> there was a beaded
0: curtain between, and it was like a full bed. It looked like the whole top was bed, and the bo- underneath the bed was storage area. There. Right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and oh, there was a huge tiger painting on one whole wall, <laughs> and then uh, Dean even commented, he's like, I like that tiger.
1: Nina's thoroughly impressed with this band? Oh, I, I was thoroughly <laughs> impressed with the band too. That thing was very
0: cool. All right. Um, so where are we up to? Ansem has tracked Andy down and has been killing people important to Andy.
1: A.K.A. their mother, or his uh, third <laughs> birth mother and the doctor that delivered them.
0: He is about to kill Andy's ex-girlfriend, Tracy, when Sam and Andy confront him.
1: Yeah, we show uh, Anselm and Tracy in, in Anselm's car. She's crying, um, and he is like telling her, oh, when we're done here, you're gonna go walk, because they are parked on top of a dam. You're gonna walk over the edge of the dam, and you're gonna think you can fly, and you're gonna just step off. And you know, of course she's crying, because you know she can't really fly, but she's under this mind control, so what can she do? And so yeah, that's when uh, Sam, breaks the window, breaks the window out and pulls them out to confront him and he tries his mojo on Sam but of course it doesn't work on Sam. Um, Andy pulls Tracy out of the car, thinks he has her safe. Um, After Sam tackles Ansem (coughs) Andy runs up to him and puts some duct tape over his mouth because they're thinking hey if he can't talk he can't Obi-Wan anyone. Ha! Surprise on them, he doesn't have to talk. So he, with his mind control, has Tracy whack Sam with a big tree trunk or whatever and kind of knocks him out.
0: Just as Ansem is about to make Dean shoot himself, Andy kills him.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, well, uh, (laughs) while Sam is knocked out, Andy and Ansem are talking. He's like, why are you doing this? And he's like, you're my twin brother, bro. I mean, they kept us apart. They separated us. Blah, blah, blah. Well, that's when you see Dean kind of sneaking up and he's got, looks like an assault rifle or some kind of a big gun where he is going to shoot Ansem if he has to. Ansem senses, his, senses him there and turns around and says, I see you. And then you see kind of Dean put the gun down and kind of hold it to, him, to his head like he's going to shoot himself. And that's when Andy shoots, shoots Ansem.
0: Sam is distressed that the children with abilities, like him, seem destined to become killers.
1: Well, and the reason he thinks is before he was, uh, he sensed Dean there, and before um, uh, Andy shot him, and he said, you know, why are you doing this? And he said, well, because the yellow-eyed man told me to. And he said he told him in his dreams about Andy, and then that's why he was... upset with being separated from his twin brother and, and and he's like dude you find out you have a twin brother you go have a beer or something you don't just go killing people <laughs> so we know that Anson's kind of a psycho
0: back at the roadhouse oh wait, wait. well we know, I said <laughs> just as Anson was about to make Dean shoot himself Andy kills him
1: he does but then it's the late then It's light out because it's happening in the middle of the night, it's light out. Andy's talking to the cops and he's like, he mojo's them into thinking, well, he killed himself, you all saw that, right? And so, yes, the cops like, yeah, right, he killed himself. So, that's how they kind of got out of that situation.
0: Back at the roadhouse, Ellen confronts them to reveal the truth of Sam's abilities, which they do.
1: Yeah, they pretty much tell her everything. Um. because she noticed that what Ash looked up for them was the fact that um, this Andy kid his mom his adopted mother died when he was six months old nursery fire just like Mary did and so she says so that seems to be the pattern huh and Sam's like well not really because that did not happen to Ansom. his adopted mother did not die in a nursery fire when he was six months old so like so she's like, oh, great, so now we don't really have a set pattern that we're looking for. And Dan is looking confused.
0: No, I'm, I'm up to speed. Okay. I thought I had a question before, but now I, you just said Ansem's adopted mother. I thought they said Ansem's real mother. Ansem, did Ansem's and Andy's real mom, how did she die?
1: She's the one that poured gas on herself and set herself on fire. Oh. That was her birth mother.
0: G- Jesus Christ.
1: Right, because Ansem was mad that she put him and Andy up for adoption, and they were separated at you know at, at these adopt. Right,
0: right, right. Okay, but then so Andy's adoptive mother did die in a in a demon fire, but Ansem got uh, the demon visited him in his dreams. Right, right. Did you mention that? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Back at the road. Oh, I already said that. Here, I th- this is our last sentence here. <clears throat> I'm going to try to add as much inflection as possible. Fans write in, tell us if you enjoy this method of doing the show better than normally where we read through in a normal way. They also reveal disturbing news. There was no house fire when Ansem was six years old. Thus, breaking the power. Pa- six well, wait, months old. I already old. said that. Yeah. God, or you already said it. Damn it all! I <laughs> thought I was going to get the last word with some great big jumping. Oh, there is one more thing.
1: Oh, what's that?
0: I told you to remind me. Yeah. Then they're like, she's like, oh, go grab the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen tell or Yeah, Ellen tells her daughter to go get. First said, "Go get a case of beer," and she's like, "Mom, you guys aren't going to get that shit, phase." No, she
1: didn't say that. Well,
0: that was the main. That was the tone. She just like looked at her and, like, "Oh my god, that's well, so much."
1: I, th- I assume she wanted didn't want to go down and get it because then she would have to be away from Dean. That-
0: no, I think she was frightened by her mother's drinking problem. <laughs> that's what I took it as. She knew it. She was in for another night of her mom breaking plates.
1: No, but... And you... then,
0: yeah, then at the end... Oh, now that we know that we're truly effed, that there's no way to track this.
1: Because, yeah, not all the kids Break have... out the
0: whiskey. Let's get real <laughs> tore up and rat face so tomorrow we can't do shit about it.
1: What, is, <laughs> what kind
0: of sense does that make? What kind of... This is a show for children as well, and... I don't I do not like that message. I think the writers could leave stuff like that. This off. is
1: not a show for children.
0: It's on the CW or it was on the CW. That's the Tween Network. You can watch that when you're twelve on up.
1: <sighs> but every episode has a warning. Violence score.
0: Alcoholism. It
1: doesn't say alcoholism. <laughs> Violence score <laughs> it's language. A
0: bad, it's a bad message. I think it's a bad well, message. Well yes it is. It should but be avoided. Especially on the CW. If it was on HBO, I wouldn't mind. I just think that there's a bit of a—I think there's a bit of a standard that parents expect to be maintained.
1: Well, let me just tell you this: if I had a twelve-year-old, Supernatural is probably not a show I would want them to watch.
0: Yo, you wouldn't let your daughter or son watch this?
1: Only because, from a child's perspective, they could take this crap seriously—that oh, are they real? You know these oh, scary I'd always, things
0: i'd be telling them all this shit's real there's they really wendigos
1: and skinwalkers and Ravens. yeah that's how you
0: keep kids in line goblins is you tell them there's goblins under their bed and they'll snatch you up if you don't collect your socks
1: and closet man well there is closet man <laughs> i was
0: gonna say you were the, you actually believe in some crap you got closet man and evil spirits
1: yes, yes. what other
0: supernatural stuff do you believe in
1: um that's really about I'm it. I'm just
0: down with the UFO once in a while. I don't believe in UFOs I don't know
1: too much. Oh, that video, that one surveillance shot from Skinwalker Ranch, was kind of.
0: Oh, this Skinwalker Ranch. We
1: were talking about you know that episode about the cow dying. What I forgot to mention is, um, when they went over the surveillance footage of when this cow apparently died, and they looked at the footage above the tree line was like this silver disc so it did look like as this cow was dying or about to die there was this uh, a ufo up in the sky <laughs> yeah but i don't bl- I, ufos unidentified flying objects does not mean extraterrestrial i
0: mean there absolutely are such a thing as ufos <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's there's unidentified lots of crap
1: right i totally believe in ufos but i don't believe don't in that believe they're, they're extraterrestrial they I think they 're government spy planes no, I think they 're secret government
0: yeah, I, I always like it when the when the spaceship comes down and then it 's some hideous monster with like clubs for hands it 's kind of like how did that population build that stuff? Like, <laughs> you needed to make electronics at some point. I bet you your big lobster fists really wouldn 't have pulled that off.
1: Maybe they had the slave race with the perfect hands for doing all that. <laughs> They
0: they had a superior race as they're a slave labor. You never
1: know. You never know.
0: Um, But I always kind of like to bring this up. The supernatural element of this episode uh, was this power of persuasion thing, is that uh, Andy and Ansem were able to, uh, Andy could talk and make people do things on their own, and Ansem he was able to just start like looking at him, giving him a powerful gaze into the eyes and he could make people do stuff. Is the power of persuasion real?
1: That type of persuasion, no. There's a power of power persuasion in the fact that some people are really smooth talkers and can talk feeble-minded people into doing things, aka our current president. But that's another we topic. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk sorry. about politics. There's sorry. There's absolutely no politics A lot strike, strike that. But no, I do believe that there are some people that are, are just smooth talkers and can persuade people to do things that maybe they wouldn't normally do. Whether the people are subject to suggestion or not, I don't know. Because I think some people are more subject to suggestion than other people.
0: Hey, man, there's just such a thing as good salesmen.
1: There is that. There is um, that.
0: I think the power of persuasion, you know, and I think some people just don't have it. it depends on how you look, too. I mean, obviously, we see this, the stats where beautiful people, you know, generally get bigger breaks in life than hideous people.
1: It's just mm-hmm. a fact of it. Unfortunately, that's true. But, yes, it is true.
0: I know. That's why I'm so grateful to work on the Internet. Nobody can see me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm hideous. Turn away. <laughs> <laughs> no one can see our hideousness. <laughs>
0: I never take photos of myself and post them on the internet.
1: Oh, yeah, right.
0: Right. All right. Anything else from this episode? Um, like I said, uh, I don't know if people got it as we did the read-through, but this, this episode touched on, it. well, one, it was just kind of the story arc about these twin brothers uh, that had this power persuasion. We thought one of them was a murderer at first. It ended up to be a twin. Uh, but then just the whole that the yellow-eyed man talked to Ansel Handsome. And told him that stuff was going to be happening for them. And we know that Dean uh, knows that stuff's going to be ha- planning for them. I mean. Sam. Sam. Um, did the In the other uh, Andy, he knew nothing about it. He's just like, no, nah, nobody ever told me that there was bad <laughs> plans. <laughs> like that could have just seemed cool.
1: He was. Andy was really cool. He didn't
0: abuse his power. That's the thing is he's, he's got this power and he's not abusing it whatsoever. Other than him to get laid.
1: To get laid, get free coffee, and to get bill collectors off his ass.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they brought. Did we talk about that small detail that he's got all of these uh, past due bills? And I'm like, oh, what about bill collectors? Nope, nobody's hassling them. They're like, what? They no, just no, no, don't no, care? no, no,
1: no, no, no. Because Tracy asked, you know, if you're looking for something, if you're looking for something from him, forget about it. And they're like, what? She says, well, I just assumed you're bill collectors. They show up every once in a while. Andy talks to him and they're never seen again. And that's when Dean goes into the liba. Oh no, we're attorneys. Well, they ran
0: his records before I mean, before that they knew about this whole bill collecting thing. Did you not catch that when they were researching Andy to begin with? No, I didn't. And they were electronically attracting him? Yeah, there was a sentence in there where Sam says, Oh, he's got you know, he's got past due bills and then <clears throat> Dean Dean said, Oh, is there a bill collector pings on it? And he's like, No, that's weird, there isn't He's like, what? They're just letting him off the hook?
1: I don't remember that.
0: Yeah, that was Hmm. the whole conversation that happened early. So then when they were the bill collectors, you're like, oh, so bill collectors do show up. How did I pay attention to this uh, subplot? So Uh, bill collectors do show up. They just go away with nothing. And I'm like, ooh, yeah, psychic kid.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Total psychic kid.
0: All right. Well, yet again, I, I... Catch those small details that you keep discussing, like the man's big pants.
1: <laughs> well, those were hard to not notice, those big pants, let me tell you. Guess, at yeah. first, you did, you were like, what? No, I wasn't. You did Oh, for the love of God. It at first. I, I did first not. first out, oh, you were for like, oh, fuck's it isn't sake. that bad. I don't know you made me swear. You said me drop the F-bomb. Yeah. Sorry, we're Mom. Gonna get,
0: we're going to get kicked off of the iTunes or something. Sorry,
1: Mom. Hey, you drop the F-bomb all the time. Nice. No, yeah, you do. Go back and listen to some episodes. You dropped the F-bomb. I try really hard not to swear. Um, anything else? Nope, that's it.
0: All right, well, it looks like a beautiful weekend is upon us, so we will talk to you all uh, in on Monday or, you know, in two seconds, depending on if you're listening in the future and you're catching up.
1: I uh, just want to talk about next episode. episode oh, yeah. Six? What is the next episode? It's called No Exit. So that uh, gives you no clue as to what the heck that's about.
0: <laughs> you guys get all bound up. Don't come crying to me. Except
1: for maybe they're on a freeway and they can't get off. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's like that episode of Dr. <laughs> <all> driving <laughs> a big circle. A yeah. All right. Folks, remember, we got a website, coupleofdigits.com. we got a Facebook group called Armchair Hunters. We are available to be listened to. Have a
1: good night. Bye. Bye.